This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Equity Mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. There's so much going on in the Equity Mates world. I know. Uh, where do we even begin? Let's begin with the most recent, which is FinFest. It is now finished. Yes. As we record, we're about 48 hours out, getting nervous, getting excited. Hopefully it Hopefully was a great good. day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Nothing that we can say will have changed it because it, when people are listening to this, it will have already happened. Yes. But we had another big announcement this week and no, it wasn't your wedding. No. It's crazy that your wedding is the third biggest thing that happened this month. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's been such a massive month, but if you didn't see it on socials, then we're going to tell you right now, Equity Mates Media has officially been granted an Australian financial services license. Well, legit. Well, legit. <laughs> from the regulator ASIC since the crackdown at the start of the year, which Ren and I took very seriously, we have been working with ASIC to get the appropriate uh, license for equity mates. Yeah, and appropriate is probably not the right word there because I think it's important that we stress that the media exemption exists for Finfluencers uh, in the same way that it exists for the AFR, for Livewire and for so many of those other financial media companies. The, the law is pretty clear. Video recordings, digital recordings, sound recordings. But... You know, we wanted to get a license just to get on the right side of the noise, put the noise behind us, and we've got some future plans. Mm. And we've got some content ideas that definitely needed a license. Yeah, it's exciting. Opens up a few doors for us. I think the important thing is it doesn't change anything majorly for us right now, but it does give us the opportunity to do some things that we otherwise haven't been able to do. Just want to reiterate as well, it is an Equity Mates Media AFSL, we're not operating as authorised representatives under anyone. It is our own, which is really exciting. So that's it. That's it. That's and, all you and need to I know. Think the important thing is it doesn't really change anything for what we're doing right now. We ironically can say more in some things, uh, but you know, the podcast will be the same. 
The emails will be the same. Hypothetical social media will be the same. will be back though. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably be able to do, you know, like if people remember Mastermind episodes that we used to yeah. do with Julia Lee, that's something that we're really keen to bring back, but we haven't been able to. Yeah. So now we will be able to, if Julia will still have us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so the, it definitely gives us the ability to do a little bit more, but fundamentally Equity Mates is still Equity Mates. And let's crack on with the show. Let's crack on. Well, we kick off each episode with what we've learned this week, Ren. And I'm going to be honest that I've learned a lot about events management. Yes. I've learned a lot about uh, us as a team. <laughs> but I haven't learned a lot about the stock market this week. I've been so busy with FinFest. So I'm I've learned a lot that, about <laughs> supply chain issues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> about... Uh, Regulatory about city of Sydney permits. Yes, labour shortages. <laughs> yes, um, food trucks. Can confirm that supply chain issues and labour shortages are not done. So there is still inflationary pressure in the system. Not yeah. done. Not done. Not done. Yes. Look, we've learned so much putting on Finfest. So if you're looking for something from me this week about my portfolio, about my stocks, unfortunately, I have had my eye off the ball. That's okay. Nice. What about you? Well, I mean, look, similar to you, I have. We had your wedding. Um, I stayed down the coast for a couple of extra days. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, came back and it's been FinFest and then getting our AFSL uh, finalised, announcing that. But the really. The, the thing that I learned, well, the thing that I was reminded of is that with all the tools available to investors nowadays, you can live a busy life and still be an investor. And my auto invest has been going off without me doing anything. Oh, been, yeah. Whenever my paycheck uh, hits my account on a Monday, I have the auto transfer set up on the Tuesday. They go to my savings and my, you know, this fund and that, and then my brokerage. And then on Wednesday, my auto invest kicks in and I get a text from my broker at about 10.05 saying um, these trades have done. And, you know, you can you can live your life. You can have a busy job. You can be down the coast celebrating your mate's wedding and the broker just doesn't work for you. The broker doesn't so work for you. that is what I learned this week. You don't have to be an investor to be invested. And that is the end of equity, mates. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to talk about stocks at a house party. You don't have to wear a Patagonia vest. You don't have to listen to this podcast. What else are the uh, the tropes? Um, work in finance. You don't have to wear chinos and RMs. I do. I am wearing chinos and RMs <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, like it, it is just, it has never been easier to invest. Everyone's life is so busy at the moment, uh, especially coming out of COVID and everyone's wedding that was delayed for the last three years is now back on and people are traveling. But you can set yourself up that your money just is automated. Love it. And that is so important. DCA, baby. Yeah. And now after saying that, let's get into individual stocks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's crack in. So we're going to cover off um, Q3 investor letters that have started popping up. We've got three to get through today and we will be sharing all three of them on our forum, community.equitymates.com. So you can read along as you listen. And then we've got a, a new segment that we're doing and it's Am I the Asshole Here? Yes. Something along those lines. So we've got um, 
a little piece to read out at the end to, to decide if this person is the asshole in the situation. But let's let's get to investor letters first because it's one of uh, the best times of years for investors that are in- interested in individual stocks. At the end of every quarter, we get so many investor letters from all around the world, from all different types of funds sharing the what they're saying from a macro perspective and then stocks they're investing in, stocks they're selling. It really is just a great insight into where professional investors are thinking and it's all free. Love it. Like it, it is just, it is such an underutilized resource for how valuable it is. So we've pulled out three uh, investor letters from different parts of the world. One either from the US or Canada, one from Central Europe and one from Australia Two of the three experts have appeared on the podcast. We're going to talk about, I guess, some of the companies they're writing about. Uh, One company from each of the investor letters, just to keep it simple. So three companies, three investor letters, just to show how valuable these are. Mm. But also, let's talk about some of their insights because they're really interesting. Let's start with uh, an investor that a lot of people who've listened to Equity Mates for a while would know. Andrew Brown of A72. He has been on the show a few times. He has been. He also did an interesting session at FinFest, How to Make Money from Bad Breath. Yes. We might release that at some point uh, because everything was recorded. But look, um, Andrew is never one to uh, tread lightly when it comes to his investor letters. Not one to mince words. (laughs) Not just investor letters, just in general. (laughs) Yes, true. He he comes in pretty hot. A couple of notable quotes. Called uh, the recent UK tax cuts, quote, brain dead fiscal policy. (laughs) (laughs) And then he wrote about it. uh, Indeed, the biggest deterrent to investment is a group of global politicians, the like of which we haven't seen for numerous generations, a bunch of totalitarians opposed by a bunch of inept opponents. Add in some of the worst central bankers who fancy themselves as bond traders and introduce extreme volatility to perceived safe assets. And there is little wonder investors are petrified. Love that. But he then goes on to uh, chat about some of his holdings, and we've picked out one of his top 20 holdings, which is Manchester United. Now, yes. Andrew's always one to pick out the interesting stocks, and there is a lot of thought that goes behind them. And uh, it, uh, it's, it's interesting to understand why Manchester United, and it all really boils down to. Certainly not their English Premier League form. <laughs> yes, yes. I think he's a massive. United fan no, or uh, Li- Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal? No, Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe United. He loves the he loves soccer, the Premier League. <laughs> but um, he's chosen Manchester United based on what's going on in the inflationary environment at the moment and um, sort of unpacks it. And he says that owners of assets get richer and inequality rises in times of high inflation and believes that now is a good time for, quote, trophy assets. Yeah. If you're interested in sports, uh, investing in sports, learning about the business behind sports, this is a really good investor letter because it's about 20 pages unpacking the returns from investing in sport all around the world, NBA, NFL, Premier League, a whole bunch of different uh, sports teams because they're the ultimate trophy asset. Mm. There is probably no bigger status symbol in 2022 than owning a sports team. Yeah. Maybe being king. (laughs) Nah, no. You'd want an NFL team over being king. I made a joke uh, that Prince Harry would give up being Prince, being a royal to own Chelsea. 
and they, it wasn't appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> By who? I think some people in the office. Anyway, <laughs> so Ren, sports have been uh, a great investment. A classic example is NBA basketball teams over the last 24 years has seen an incredible rise in the, the total value. According to Forbes, it's risen from $4.85 billion in 1998 to a total value of $72.9 billion in 2022. So that's all teams combined. All teams combined. Yeah. 12%, Incredible. 12% per annum. Yeah. Didn't just do that maths. It's on the page. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there's no wonder Andrew's looking at it. And as I said, it's, it has been in the media. I think NFL is similarly impressive with the returns that um, the owners are getting from those teams. Yeah. And so American sports get a lot of focus you know, the investment world tilts towards America. But as Andrew writes, quote, over very recent years, high net wealth Americans have been discovering what wealthy Asians, the Stasi and Russian oligarchs knew years ago. For all the hoopla about US sports, one game, association football is ubiquitous. So now the Americans aren't just coming, they are invading. And we are seeing, so that's the quote, and we are seeing that, like the amount of Americans that are now buying English Premier League teams. I mean, it's been happening for a while, but um, you know, the the Chelsea sale was to a uh, an American, um, but Manchester United is the only listed uh, English Premier League team. Mm. It's the only way for people like you and I to, I guess, access the Premier League, and it's controlled by an, an American family as well, the Glazer family. Glazer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no other APL listed. I think there's 11 listed soccer teams. There's a bunch of other. Um, Madison Square Garden owns a couple of them. Formula One is listed through Liberty. Brisbane Broncos are listed in Australia. (laughs) So there's a number of listed sports teams, but English Premier League, Manchester United is the only one. Yeah, right. So Andrew, this is in his top 20. He, He says that, you know... Given what you've just said, Rance, the only way to participate is through these through Manchester because they're listed, controlled by the Glazer family, but talks about a value trap. Yeah, because here is the rub. They've been a terrible investor. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at their last 12 months, it's a downward trend. Almost surprising. as poor as the on-field performance. Five years. <laughs> yeah, almost as poor, if not poorer. Five years, they're down 30%. Yeah, it's not great. So so what's the investment thesis then? Good question. Well, he ro- Good question, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a trophy asset. It's all Inflation. about the sale. It's all about the sale. So uh, Andrew writes in the, the letter, he doesn't want to get, you don't want to get stuck in Manchester United. Mm-hmm. You don't want to buy and hold it and put it in a coffee can in your no, bottom no. drawer. He writes that the possibility of a sale from every angle is increasing. And what we see with these trophy assets is that because they're so in demand, because they're so scarce, because they so rarely come up for sale, they're, what they actually get sold for is often a lot higher than you know what Forbes is valuing them at or what the stock market is valuing them at. And we've seen that twice this year. So uh, Chelsea, uh, the English Premier League team, but also the NFL's Denver Bron- Broncos mm. both got sold at massive premiums to uh, what they were valued at. Mm. I think the Broncos were sold at a 24% premium to their Forbes valuation. So Andrew's view is that the Glazer family might be getting a bit of sick, getting a bit sick of Manchester United. And apparently, apparently Britain's richest man, Jim Ratcliffe, yep. never heard of him. Uh, is sniffing around the club and maybe thinking of buying. It's so a, that's his thesis. It's an interesting thesis. I can. It makes sense. But like, how long do you wait? 
Yeah. Like we could ask, we we literally could call him right now. <laughs> we should. Like how long do you wait? Like if he's sniffing around the club, it's a trophy asset. You've got to convince the Glazer family to get rid of a trophy asset. You know, it could be it could be ages, and in a in a in a stock that hasn't performed over five years plus, you don't want to get stuck in it. It's, it's a it's a for me feels like a low probability. Okay. Yeah. That is based off no understanding of how likely it is that it's get, getting sold soon. Yeah, yeah. But and, just- and you have no um, <laughs> interest in the Premier League as well. Yeah, I do. I've watched uh, – I, I do. True. Our yeah. boy Harlan's doing well. Yeah, he's killing it. <laughs> he's absolutely – Anyway, let's let's move on um, to the Vlatva Fund, Ren, that we – Vlatava. Vlatava. <laughs> Vlatava Fund, run by Daniel Gladys, who has been on the show. Yeah, Central the- Europe's oldest hedge fund. Yes, yeah. yeah. Fascinating interview. And the biggest sort of takeaway from, from this investor letter, and we've spoken about this on the show before, is that – you don't have to find uncommon companies yes. to have successful investment returns. Yeah. And and many, so uh, Daniel writes about his top eight holdings. Many of them are really well-known companies. The first company on the list undermines that point. But the <laughs> yeah, re- I was like, I've never heard of this one before. Uh, Alimentation, Kushard. I think he spoke about Kushart, this on the show yeah, as well. It's, it's Canada's biggest like service station and convenience, convenience store operator. Yeah. Like apparently just Killing gold, it. class. Gold class. Gold standard yeah. when it comes to retail, small format retail. You're the retail guy, bro. I would have thought yeah. you had something about this. <laughs> no, no. I just, uh, it does ring a bell, but um, I completely dropped off my yes. radar. But otherwise, Ren, on uh, his top eight holdings outside of that, Berkshire, Hathaway, BMW, CVS Health, JP Morgan Chase, Lockheed Martin, Markle Corporation, and the Nikkei 225. Yeah, so Markel I hadn't heard of before, and we uh, we. We'll have a look, a bit of a look at them in a sec. But interesting that one of his top eight holdings is the Nikkei, which yeah. is Japan's stock market index. Yeah. Does he say why? Yeah. You got to read the letter. <laughs> I should. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Markle because that was the other one, or that was the one I hadn't heard of before. When writing about Markle, he starts with an observation about Berkshire, which is that we've seen its success for mm. what sixty years now, and almost no one has been able to replicate it. What build in? Buy insurance. Have a use the, use float, the float to invest. To invest. Yeah. Why don't we try that? <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, don't, yeah. don't you find that really interesting that Buffett, ha- just for decade after decade, has been the stock market star, has been the bell of the ball. Mm. Surely people will have been able to replicate his strategy, but they haven't. True. Not to say no one's tried. Yeah. But Definitely, I, yeah. But um, it just hasn't been as such a, a success. Yeah. Yeah. So and how does Markle fit into that? Well, uh, Daniel writes that well, he believes that the closest uh, company following Berkshire's footsteps yeah. path uh, is Markle. So much like Berkshire, they're founded upon insurance that produce a float that can be invested in public equities and private companies. Daniel thinks that Markle is 30 years behind Berkshire in its development. So where Berkshire was in the 90s, I guess. Well, in terms of like their positions or just... Just I think in terms of their size. Size. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I have never heard of it. Never heard of it. Where's it listed? Listed in New York. Okay. Yeah. $15 billion market cap. So not small, but I mean... Kind of small in in the America, the world of America. Founded in 1930. 
It's been around for a while. Been around, well, not for longer than Berkshire, but longer than Buffett's own Berkshire. Yeah. Yeah. But you 30 know. years behind. Buffett's just the king. But I, I don't know if they were doing that. I don't think they started in 1930. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, good, good takeaways. I, I love the takeaway that you don't have to find those uncommon, uncommon companies to be a successful investor. I think when we started out, when I started out particularly, there was that urge to try and uncover something that no one has ever found. And sometimes the best investments are just literally right in front of you. And there's a reason that these investors are buying these companies time and time again. Mm. So great reminder. So for those playing along at home, we should have said before, Manchester United stock ticker is M-A-N-U, listed in New York, Manu. And then Markle's stock ticker is M-K-L, also listed in New York. I just looked at their five-year chart, only up 5% in the past five years. Errol. Not, but up 13,000% since 86. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, Buffett, what, f- for the last five years, Berkshire is 42%. So okay. outperforming. Well, outperforming. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, Ren, well, uh, we've got one more stock to do and then um, closing out with a new section. So before we jump into that, we're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So the final investor letter is from Right Tail Capital, Jeremy Kokoma. We haven't had him on the show, but um, he has spoken about one of Ren's absolute favorite companies. This segment could go for a while. <laughs> Ren's also probably going to have a crack at Canadian brokers, I think. Or well, not lack a crack, o- yeah, lack a lack thereof. Canadian I, access, you, I imagine. You have read my mind. So <laughs> let's, cr- let's crack into it, but Ren. Before we, before we talk about the Canada of it all, um, Jeremy uh, starts his investor letter with... Uh, Bit of a game uh, that uh, I want to play with you. Okay. So he makes the point that Buffett is timeless in his investing wisdom. Okay. And he says, uh, I joke that I can never identify the year of annual meetings uh, just by listening to the audio. It could be 1999, 2009 or 2019. So I'm going to – and then he has an excerpt. Okay. So I'm going to read, read the, the excerpt. excerpt and you tell me what year it's from. Okay. From a Buffett annual general meeting, a Berkshire annual general meeting. When was the first? I'll give you from 1980 okay. to today. Deal. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question. With the historical returns on common stocks dating back to the 1800s coming in at about 7%, do you not think that we're in a very dangerous period? Buffett. 
The answer is we never know in terms of what markets will do. Whether valuations are too high gets back to the question we talked about earlier. If businesses in aggregate, they keep earning very high returns on equity and interest rates stay where they are, we are not in an overvalued period. If it turns out these returns are not sustainable or interest rates go higher, we will look back and say it was the high point, at least for a while. We have no notion on that and we really don't think about it because we don't know. Our job is to focus on things that we can know and that make a difference. And if something can't make a difference or we can't know it, then we write that one off. Jeez. I mean, it, it, recency bias is telling me that it's probably around the last 10 years with interest rates comments. Um, I wish I knew more historical information about interest rates. So I'm going to say within the last decade, I'm going to say 2018. 2018? 1997. Wow. Yeah. But he makes the point that everything Buffett is talking about there about like if interest rates stay low and earnings are sustainable, then we're good. If interest rates go up and earnings prove not to be sustainable, then this might be overvalued. Mm. Like timeless. Damn, I was thinking the dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. Okay. Next. So anyway, bit of a game. Oh, any others? No, nah, just one. Oh. Do you want me to read a whole other Buffett answer? That <laughs> yeah. felt, that felt long I as like I was it. reading it. <laughs> Wait till we get to our last segment. We could do that as a game. It's a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, all right, well, let's pick that up for next week, perhaps. Sure. Maybe even we uh, shoehorn it in at FinFest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about we're doing one company from each of these investor letters and the company that Right Tail Capital write about is one that I, we've probably spoken about on the, the- You did a deep dive on it, bro. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Constellation <laughs> I'm, Software. I'm pretty sure it, wa- it wasn't your stock of the year, I don't think. It was, was that IAC? Yeah, that was yeah. Interactive Corp. Inter- interactive. Yeah. But you have spoken about this with a lot of gusto. Canadian company Constellation Software founded in 1995 by Mark Leonard. Yes. And it is a roll-up business. If really the core of investing, like the 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 gold standard of investing is finding those once-in-a-generation entrepreneurs and backing, backing them, them. Yeah. this has been one of those companies. He's 65, so maybe will continue to be, but since 1995, sorry, sorry, since it listed on the stock market in 2006, it's up 10,000%. Jeez. It was $18 when it listed. It's now $1,800 a share. <laughs> He's killed it. Yeah, and so the business, it's... Uh, CSU is the ticker listed in Canada and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But as you said, it rolls up niche software businesses. It's made over 500 acquisitions since being founded and roll-ups are often fraught. Companies, you know, they, they start acquiring other companies and maybe the CEO starts trying to build a bit of an empire rather than um, trying to build a sustainable business or they borrow too much money or they issue too many shares and all of a sudden the returns on some of those acquisitions aren't great. That is not the story with Constellation Software. Their returns have been incredible even as they roll up all these companies. They've done it without issuing any additional shares Wow! Uh, since listing and they've done it. They have taken some debt but not, not a, a lot. They just fund these acquisitions out of cash flow Traditionally, they were really small companies. Like the acquisition size was like less than $5 million. Recently, they've made some bigger acquisitions. But it's just all these super niche software businesses and rolling them into the company. It's fast. It's a fascinating business model. It's now worth over $34 billion. 
It's just been a slow and consistent grind upwards. Does he ever exit them? Uh, I don't like think so. Like 500 acquisitions, it's now just either they've not turned out and you shut the business down yeah, or they're within the business. But the idea that he, is that he doesn't then go an on-sell. No, I don't think it's like you, you restructure them and sell them to someone else. Yeah. I think he is – He just they just add to the free cash flow. Yeah. And so in the past 10 years – Revenue has grown at a 20% compound annual growth rate wow. and free cash flow has grown at a 25% compound annual growth rate. Love that. It's just an incredible company. It is. And like that isn't to say that its best days are ahead of it. Maybe its mm. best days are behind it. Mm. Maybe it's overvalued at the moment. So or it becomes not- harder and harder to find yeah. appropriate acquisitions. So that is a really important point and, and that's a point that they write in about in the letter that in the 90s and the early 2000s, he had free reign Mm. Uh, you know there weren't a lot of exits for super niche software businesses Mm. that didn't have a massive total addressable market but that's not the case anymore there's micro private equity there's Mm. hedge funds there's a whole bunch of players playing in this like niche software roll-up space yeah so that's yeah that's a good point but um i just love these stories well the issue is ren it's a a canadian company listed in canada So I'm going to give you 30 seconds to give us your gripe. Brokers, <laughs> give us access to Canada. <laughs> it's a it's a developed liquid market right on the doorstep of the US. It doesn't make sense that you can't plug in whatever you need to do. Uh, I understand there's complexities that you need custodians, you need broker dealers, you need all that stuff. But you can do it. Yeah. It is within your ability to offer Canada to Australian investors. Yeah. And I know, I think CMC do, I think interactive brokers do. I don't really want a fifth brokerage account yeah. just for like one or two Canadian investments. If I have to do it, I Could have to do, do it. it. Yeah, if I have to do it, I have to, I'll have to do it. <laughs> but there, there are some pretty incredible companies coming out of Canada. So mining isn't our... We don't talk about it a lot, but Australians love mining. We love it with a passion. We love digging stuff out of the ground. You know who else loves digging stuff out of the ground? Canada. The fourth biggest oil producer in the world. One of the biggest gold producers in the world. (laughs) That is Canada. But they also have a a heap of good non-mining and resource businesses. They have Constellation, which we've spoken about. They have... Alimentation Kushtad, the that we spoke about, yep. the uh, retailer. Brookfield Asset Management, you've probably mm. heard of them. Yeah, yeah. They're buying stuff everywhere. They partnered with Mike Cannon-Brooks to try and buy AGL earlier yeah. this year. Restaurant Brands International, heard of them? No. They own uh, like Burger King and oh, yeah. a bunch of fast food restaurants. Uh, Bill Ackman, he seems to always be buying and holding them. Yeah, um, right. Shopify, heard of them? I have. Thought they were listed in the US. Yeah, so that is that is the important point, and that is probably where how brokers would argue back to me if we gave them a right of reply. Not uh, for, not for two of them though. So Brookfield Restaurant Brands and Shopify are all US listed as mm. well, but still, maybe we need to get uh, maybe we need to harness the collective power of equity mates and petition some of the local ETF providers to give us single stock. ETF access to Canadian listed companies <laughs> listed True. on the, listed on the ASX. Okay. okay. <laughs> do we do that? <laughs> track track <laughs> of shots. <laughs> but I think the thing is like we know where the world is going. Yeah. We know that in 10 years brokers will offer all It'll be the blockchain world. something something. No, yeah. I don't even think it will be. It would just be like just 
everywhere. For, forget blockchain and Web3 and all that. Just Web2. Like <laughs> the world is becoming more interconnected. Stock markets are becoming more globalized. I have zero doubt in my mind that in 10 years we will have access to more everything. than 100 markets. Maybe not everything, like 196 countries in the world. Probably not all of them. But most of them. The main ones. Definitely all of like the G20. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. I'll bet my future house. Well, the it. thing is you don't want to have to wait that long to get access to CSU. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's three investor letters. As we said at the top, we will uh, have all of the links to those in our forum, which we've just launched about a month ago. It's absolutely buzzing in there. If you haven't yet signed up, head to community.equitymates.com. It's much better than our Facebook community in terms of the ability to engage in conversations more meaningfully in groups that you're interested in, not in one long feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head on over and uh, and sign up and Ren will chuck in the links to these investor letters if you'd like to uh, to read them in more detail. But let's close out with uh, a new session, Ren, uh, section, Am I the A-Hole Here? It's a subreddit on Reddit. <laughs> subreddit account on reddit yeah where uh where someone will come in and give us their situation and ask the community if they're the asshole in the situation yeah so we figured it'd be a bit of fun to talk about this because this is uh very investing related and give our two cents give our two cents yeah um do you want to read it out it's pretty long it's quite long but we can read it out so This person goes on to say, my buddy makes about twice as much as me, but I know the market better than him. Anyway, I've given him investment advice on short-term option plays that have been successful. He has more disposable income to put into these plays, so he makes more than me on these trades that are my idea. I probably wouldn't normally be too bothered by this, except that simultaneously my long-term portfolio has been hit hard by the drop in growth stock valuations. He's my friend and I want him to do well, but I find myself growing some level of resentment towards him as I'm his free financial advisor and he gets to put profit off my work to a greater degree because he has more money to invest than me. Anyway, it goes on to say no, that okay, God. <laughs> it's quite long. He's saying, I've always wanted to see my friends do well. I still do. And I take pride in helping him. Uh, but I feel horribly guilty about this resentment. Do you want me to keep reading it? Your turn to take right. over. <laughs> I don't want to cut or anything like that, but it would be nice if you paid for a dinner or two or some extra drinks now and then, but asking for that would be ridiculous and it would ruin the gesture itself. So I haven't confronted him, but I find myself growing angry that he hasn't made some type of meaningful gesture of gratitude other than saying thanks. This leaves me in a position where I either continue to be angry, find a way to raise my consciousness to a higher level where it doesn't bother me, Or I mentioned to him and at that point I feel like I'm asking for a gift and the gift loses its value because I had to request it. This guy's overthinking this way too much. I could stop giving him tips, but I don't want to punish him in a way that negatively impacts him financially. And if I did that, eventually he would ask what's up and would be back in that situation where I'm basically asking for a gift. The point is I feel like I've helped him out a lot and it would be nice to have it really acknowledged without having to demand it. So in the sense I feel justified... Anyway, you get the point. So, Bryce, <laughs> the reason this caught our attention is because you constantly ask me for stock tips. <laughs> now, what do you reckon? I think he needs to get over it. There's, there should be really no feeling of resentment. If, if you're giving him tips and he's doing well, do it yourself. Yeah. Like, well, he is. Yeah, but, but he just doesn't have as much money. Ah, but that, 
that's that's a silly mindset for me. Silly it's, mindset. It's Can like if your percentage returns are the same, there's like sure you he might have more to be putting in, but if you're if he's getting eighty percent and you're getting eighty percent, great. <laughs> it's just it is a classic comparison. It is the thief of joy mm. point, and investing is is full of it, but it's like it's kind of pathetic. Yeah, it is. How, don't don't be angry at your friend because you gave them a stock tip that worked. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that plenty of times. You've been angry at a friend. <laughs> no, I've given out plenty of stock tips that I've never done that have turned out to, to go well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or I've been given stock tips that have done well and I didn't act on yep. and I don't feel a sense of resentment towards that person because they didn't tell me tell tell me hard enough to buy into it. The pathetic thing is like if he told his friend only put the same amount of money on the trade that I'm putting on, then he wouldn't be resentful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that he has more money. Yeah. yeah I think that I think that's the resentment part, maybe. Yeah. It's like you're by trading successfully, you're going to have more money than you would have. That's the point. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I don't think there's a lot to talk about. This. <laughs> no. Uh, is Dude, he the get asshole? Over yourself. Is he don't the write asshole in five this situation? paragraphs Reddit threads. Just <laughs> the answer is yes, he is the a hole, I think, for feeling this level of resentment. Yeah. I like how you're switching between yeah, asshole and a hole. <laughs> I realized that as well. Anyway, we're going to keep an eye on the thread to uh, see what else comes from a finance point of view. It's not all finance in there. It's. Um, in that, in that thread, no, it's, it's just everything. every situation. Yeah, yeah, but if, yeah. if anything pops up. What advice? If, if we were speaking to him right now, what would you tell him? Uh, f- increase your income. Keep what's within your control. Find, um, Stop, if it, find less successful friends. Is, yes. <laughs> is your friendship more important? Yeah. If so sack giving him tips no don't sack giving him tips just well, get over it, yourself it just all boils down to the fact he's giving him tips and it's going well stop giving him tips yeah it's that easy yeah just be like sorry mate i'm out of tips next question <laughs> <laughs> anyway ren it's uh it's been a good episode we'll be back next week if you have enjoyed the show or do appreciate and take value from what we do at equity mates if you could rate and review on uh, iTunes and on Spotify, that would be greatly appreciated. Five stars if you want to leave us uh, a, a comment. Otherwise, that's not five. You can email us directly at contact at equitymates.com. It does go a long way to help us be found in Australia and on charts overseas. So we would appreciate it. But that's it, Ren. We'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.